Hello. Hello. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Matt. Podcast time. It's May 31st, 2018, season 9, episode 4. This is the Best Podcast. Are you excited? I'm pretty excited. Are you really? Sure. Oh, all right. Me too. All right. What are you excited about? Um, you said you had a perfect fit for today, so I'm excited to hear uh, about the, all that coming together into yeah. one perfect story. Yeah, I think I have a good one. Okay. Um, and, I mean, look, we have so much to talk about. Okay. It was an incredible weekend. Really? Yeah, let's recap. Uh, Solo Story came out, mm-hmm. new Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Yeah, it was good. Um, we celebrated Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. Got to think back on Do you really the, celebrate it, or do you observe it? Acknowledge, recognize. Oh, yeah. I mean, in some ways, it's a celebration, right? To celebrate the contributions that our Americans made to different armed forces. and I mean, that's, that's something to celebrate. That's remarkable, right? Oftentimes, those are non-voluntary, and they stepped up to really, really challenging situations. Agreed. Yeah, that's remarkable. Mm-hmm. The... Uh, yeah, it was a uh, long pause here for taking note of all of that. I was thinking of my grandfather this weekend. He served in World War II in the Pacific on a submarine. And, you know, he came from the Midwest where serving in the Navy was probably the last thing he thought about growing up. And then he came back to the Midwest and, you know, it wasn't a lot of open ocean no. in his life no. after or before the Navy mm-hmm. in, in a sub. Um, but but he did it. And I think that's, I mean, not not to project too much on, but my sense is that's the way many treat the military. They stand up when they're asked to serve. Yep. Whether they want to do the thing or not, they do what needs to be done. A different mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how about you? Do you have a good weekend? It was with family. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> take take well. that for what you will. <laughs> I didn't really answer your question. <laughs> no. I hope your family isn't listening. <laughs> Don't worry, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> good boy. Yeah. So I uh, also um, it was one of the first weekends where we weren't traveling or having somebody visit, so I got to spend some downtime watching TV, and there was so much to watch on TV this weekend. Mm. Watched um, the finals of the European Championship. Uh, it's a soccer match. held. This year it was held in Russia, a kind of a teaser to the World Cup that's going to be held in, oh my gosh, less than a month. Oh, it's 14 days. Ooh. Yeah, in June uh, through July. Uh, but yeah, the European Championships, that's like the World Series of professional soccer. So these are the club this teams. This is it. Yeah. This is happening. Down to Liverpool and Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's an exciting game. Who you, who you going for? Oh, it's already done. Um, and as I made clear to my Spanish brother-in-law, better dead than red. Doesn't get more Real than this. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my bad. God. People have to listen to this. It's oh. <laughs> terrible. Mm. But it was uh, from that uh, that I got inspired for the, uh, the fun insect trivia that we'll okay. talk about. Mm-hmm. But also, what about some insect activity? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. Okay. Let's stay focused on 
our bread well, and butter. I don't know about you, but if you said you were spending some time outside oh, this weekend, yeah. and I was wondering if you got mauled by black flies. Oh, God, did I? That They're the worst. worst. They're the worst oh, this year. Yeah. They are yeah. really aggressive. Some people call them buffalo gnats, mm-hmm. but I call them black flies, and they are terrible this year across Iowa and maybe even beyond, but I've heard lots and lots of complaints. I've seen some pictures of people that send me of themselves from the reactions they get. Um, one one lady, a friend of mine, actually had her whole eye swell shut. Oh my God. It really? looked like she got like punched like, in the face, like clocked. her like her eyeball was gone. It was just a swollen eyelid. It looked pretty mm-hmm. pretty gnarly. But wow. lots of people asking me about the black flies this year, and I assume that you've been encountering them yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. We were out uh, uh, doing some gardening, and there was a period of time, kind of. Late afternoon, early dusk, kind of, and uh, swarming around the eyes mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah, they they get tracked around yeah. your head. Yeah, and, and they do that weird kind of flight thing where they kind of buzz in and out of your eyesight. Yeah, and, uh, they're a little bit more active uh, than mosquitoes when it comes to being you know in your face. In fact, one of our graduate students, Gu Zhang, asked, uh, and Gu doesn't complain about anything. That guy works really hard and really kind of uncomfortable situations i've never heard him complain about anything but he asked last week if we could get some nets or veils to wear yeah. while they're out um visiting sites because he said the black flies in his words they're annoying mm-hmm. and for him to say that's annoying that's that's really saying something yeah and i tried to do a little bit of homework on this i can uh, i'll connect a short blog article i read about black flies this year but interestingly we have a number of different species that could be in Iowa, and most of them have a generation per year. So there's kind of this one flush. generation yeah, per year. Yeah, most of them. I mean, okay. there's all kinds of them, but the ones that we're seeing right now typically have one generation per year. And so the adults are super active right now mm-hmm. because they're trying to feed and mate and lay eggs. And the larvae are aquatic and will be in fast running waters basically for the rest of the summer. Okay. And so hopefully, if we by this time next week, they'll be calmed yeah. down a little bit. So there's like window of annoying opportunity of the adults flying around that won't last forever. I think so. It's not yeah. like mosquitoes. We're not right. going to get multiple generations. Right. Um, and then if a frost and it kills them out, we're just going to have this one couple week span. Yep. And then, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then it'll just be mosquitoes for the rest of oh, the yeah. summer. So, yeah. But I mean, yeah. what's nice about mosquitoes, I think, well, what's not nice, but I mean, at least DEET is effective. Yeah. And I would say for the most part, DEET and other Typical fly repellents are not very effective on black flies, and so there's not really much you can do except not be outside. I know I'm get, I have some pretty good red welts on my skin, hashtag ginger problems, but uh, yeah, I just can't wait for these things to go away. Yeah, I've um, been bad, real bad, um, but I haven't been bitten yet. Oh. And I, I don't know if it's because I'm very aggressive at swatting them away mm-hmm. or... Um, Maybe I'm just not feeling it. I'm getting bit. Um, but they have scissor-like mouth parts, and I'm so they're more similar to a deer fly yeah. uh, than a mosquito. So mosquitoes, you often get bit. You don't feel it until after they pull out it's a, the it's mouth a, parts. It's a smooth stylet. But like a uh, black fly, you're going to feel it when it happens. And, yeah. And sometimes, like, I've been bit before, and I get, like, blood coming mm-hmm. out. You know, it's, yep. it's not like the anticoagulant. That the they're slashers. Had. These, Yeah, slashers. A horror film. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Well, on the plus side, um, we don't suffer. 
from the diseases, some of the main uh, significant diseases that black flies transmit in other parts of the world. You might have heard of river blindness. Yeah. This is that terrible disease that gets transmitted to, at the bite marks point, um, and can lead after time to eventual blindness by people who suffer from it. Onchocerciasis. Um, yeah. And so I heard uh, there are some poultry in Iowa that are being killed by these black flies, just overwhelming really? feeding activity, and they can, I don't know what the right word is, but make cattle go a little bit out of control because they're oh, because they're stomping still, and yeah, they're, you know, yeah. and they kind of, they're trying to get away, but the just the overwhelming swarms cause them to just kind of wig out a little bit. So um, yeah, I think it's affecting horses and cattle and things around the state. But hopefully short-lived. Great. Yeah. Any thought about why this year? I don't more know than why. Other? I don't know why there, and, and people have asked me, and I don't really have a good answer because, you know, we had a cool, cool wet spring so far, and then it kind of just skyrocketed into summer, so we didn't really have, like, what I would call typical spring. It was cool and then very warm. So we did, I wouldn't say, I mean, because most of the state was in a drought, and you think about, like, the larvae are aquatic, so you have to have fast-running water for the larvae. I'm not sure. They would have overwintered, mm-hmm. maybe no longer. Yeah, yeah. Not, unclear. No longer been active with the larvae. Maybe we could ask Greg Courtney. Hey, yeah. Ask him about those yeah. nasty Greg, little flies. This, you could call us. You could join us. Mm-hmm. So lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Any other insect activity? Um, as far as field crops go, continuing to hear about bean leaf beetle on vegetative soybean, and um, a few of the caterpillar that we've mentioned before. Type, type injury, but really not much. So it's it's a pretty quiet time of year, honestly. Um, I've been on a email list uh, that's thinking about pests that come about the soybean aphid, and mm-hmm. some colleagues at Ohio State, um, Andy Michael, others in Wisconsin, Dave Hogg, and um, kind of in between, uh, Bruce Potter from Minnesota, and Doris. Lagos, I think, who is at University of Illinois, all kind of aphidologists, wondering about the activity level, the occurrence of soybean aphids on buckthorn, and thinking about if that's an indicator of what we might see later this year. Um, Few of us have gone out to some buckthorn patches uh, around the Midwest looking to see if there's any on buckthorn when we had seen them last, in, in locations where we had seen them last year in the fall. And today, no one's really found any. Um, and it's a little bit late for this. I mean, by now, everything's flushed out and green. But the remarkable thing about this time of year is if aphids have left buckthorn, uh, it's only now in some parts of the country that soybeans have been planted, let mm-hmm. alone emerged. So right. there's this, like, gap. This would some uh, entomologist, I think... Um, Dave Boltman described this, at, he's an aphidologist at the University of Illinois, a phenological gap between when aphids are active and leaving buckthorn versus when soybeans are up and out of the ground. And it's it's weird. It makes you wonder, it's like, well, where are they going? And if there's no soybeans, are they going back to buckthorn? Or is there some alternative Is there clover host? that they would feed on? Yeah, there was one report by, um, oh gosh, I can't remember his name. I was at University of Missouri. Um, Showed they found soybean aphids on horse nettle, which is a fairly common weed around the Midwest, and suggested that that could be a alternative host. And it's up and emerged by this point in time, so it could act as a, a filler. 
maybe not a preferred host, but at least something that kind of gets them to a point where they can survive until the soybean comes up. But I thought um, re- I thought white and yellow clover were as well as just like temporary holding pattern. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's that that would make sense because that stuff is everywhere, mm-hmm. you know. And anywhere that there's soybeans, there's some clover nearby. So. Mm-hmm. But anyway, just a, a heads up. Although there have been surveys, some scouting on buckthorn in the past, and they've found numbers. I haven't really seen that yet this year. So, but hard to say what that means given what uh, what little we know about how well how much buckthorn is needed to get the aphids through the year. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else? Uh, I guess the only thing I would add is I'm working with Bob Cook at the University of Minnesota and a few other folks on revising the field guide for soybean aphid. It's a regional publication part, partially sponsored by the North Central Soybean Research Program. So we're we're very close. We're at the penultimate uh draft revision. So those folks that find the, the field guides useful, if you feel like you could use a new one, we focused on resistance management a bit more than we did in the first edition. So look for that. And if you happen to be in Iowa, I can get you a copy in a couple months, a cu- so, couple weeks, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. That quick. Yeah. Okay. You're going to post that on the website? They yep. can find that at yep. Soybean Entomology? Yep. Great. Um, yeah. I don't know if I have too much else. Uh, we're just getting field work situated and started. Um, Our plots are in yeah. as of this week, so yeah. we're start, Good for you. Yeah. I'm, I'm hearing from our research, our, our farmers, commercial farmers that are helping us with our research that many of them have planted over the weekend and mm-hmm. uh, or if they haven't, they're about to this week. So a little bit further, a little bit later in the year than maybe people would like, but yeah. um, at least it's getting done. So Mm-hmm. Anything else? Let's get fit. All right, all right. So, um, you know, you know, I like the trivia. Yeah. You know, I like the, uh, the soccer. We already talked about that. The footy. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, I'm trying to pose this in the form of a question, but you know that I know that you like to stump people as well. So, yeah, here's the and, trivia. And I'm trying to use more local historical uh, sources for my trivia instead of obscure late 80s pop groups. Thank you. <laughs> nobody should listen or nobody needs to listen to. Uh, but over the weekend, um, I got um, I got inspired and I learned something and I was like, oh, this is, this is perfect for, for my interests and, and I think you might actually know this one. Uh, boy, that sounded condescending. Can I get a retake on that? Uh, well, I, my recall is pretty bad, so let's let's give it a shot. What All do you right. got? So this is actually uh, in the Venn diagram of where this comes from. This combines soccer, local history, and entomology. Right. I feel like I don't know anything about some uh, of those you things. Know two of the three, you know, history and entomology. Maybe not soccer. Anyway, there's a soccer team. There's a semi-professional soccer team that just got started in Nebraska. Did you know that we have semi-professional leagues all throughout the United States? There's a pyramid of soccer teams that uh, work their way up by winning one year and kind of progressing. 
they don't quite make it to the MLS because they're semi-professional. Often these are staffed play, uh, by college players who are just looking to stay fit before the season. So, mm. No, I did not um, know that. Yeah, so there's one of these teams in uh, Lincoln, Nebraska. It just got formed about a year ago. And they have taken on, as a nickname, team name, a historical entomological nickname that was attached to people from Nebraska. People born in Nebraska. This is this predates Cornhusker. You all know, you know, Nebraskans being Cornhuskers, you know, student basketball football team of Cornhuskers. This was a nickname given to them before that. Mm-hmm. And it was widespread. I mean it was known throughout the country. People from Nebraska, yeah, you'd call them this. And the soccer team has taken it on. It's entomological. The carrying beetles? Mm, <laughs> <laughs> he said that with so much confidence. Well, that's better. what they're known. They have a big uh, endangered, the American bearing beetle is in Nebraska, and it's an endangered species that folks at Lincoln study. Uh, yeah. That's the only thing I can draw from. Uh, Sorry, I don't know pre-corn husker terminology. Yeah, yeah, not that specific. Okay. A little bit general, more general. It's really not a... It's, um, I'll give you one more hint and then the big reveal. It's really not a insect. It's what you would call somebody who has a relationship, uh, a, uh, a very personal dietary relationship with an insect. The bug eaters? Yes! Oh. Yes! <laughs> I knew you knew this! I totally did not know that. I yes. was just guessing. This the was, bug eaters? Yeah. Did you know that people, for our listener, Aaron just made an incredible face about bug eaters? Yeah, this was a common nickname uh, that replaced squatters. So, you know, there's this been evolution of nicknames for people from Nebraska. You know, they, the, the people that moved out there mm-hmm. uh, were called the squatters. And then as, you, as they generated a population that was born there, they picked up some different nicknames. And bug eaters was very common. Um, and there's a website, I'll, I'll give you the, uh, the URL for this, maybe we can post it in the text, uh, in the history of Nebraska nicknames. And I'll just read a little bit of this. Uh, later years of the 19th century, bug eaters replaced squatters as the unofficial Nebraska nickname. Uh, according to Johnny McMurphy, secretary of the Nebraska Territorial Pioneer Association, and he wrote in 1894, the bug eater appellation may have originated during the grasshopper invasions of the 1870s. An Easterner came to Nebraska to visit relatives and, on his return home, was asked about the condition there. According to McMurphy's account, the man responded, Oh, everything has gone up there. The grasshoppers have eaten the grain, the potato bugs ate the taters all up, and now the inhabitants are eating the bugs to keep alive. Some Ew. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that, that tracks with history, right? I mean, mm-hmm. there were these uh, plagues of locusts that wiped out the grain, and there were, you know, before... Central pivot irrigation. There was a lot of other crops growing besides corn, potatoes mm-hmm. being one of them. Colorado potato beetle. Huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so that makes sense. And and the author goes on. James E. Potter, senior research historian out of Nebraska, said some newspapermen heard the comment and published it as a joke. Other sources attribute the nickname to the nighthawk, a bird with a voracious appetite for bugs. You often see these foraging at night, sometimes on mosquitoes and other flying things. I feel like that's a much better soccer team name. Nighthawk? Than bug eaters. Yeah, I mean, and bug? I like bugs. But, but dig this. Uh, 
they, uh, McMurphy argued, argued that the territorial pioneers and other groups should promote tree planters as the official state nickname and say goodbye to the bug eaters forever. And their efforts succeeded when the legislature, I mean, this, this is how, how important this is, government called into action on April 4th, 1895 to pass a resolution declaring Nebraska the tree planter state in honor and its role as originating Arbor Day. But nevertheless, as James Potter points out, the University of Nebraska football team used the bug eater nickname. They used this officially okay. until about 1900 when the Lincoln sports writer Charles H. Cy Sherman started referring to the corn, uh, corn, referring to the team as the Corn Huskers, a name that quickly caught on. And that's referring to corn husking. That's apparently a good skill that you need to play football is husking corn. Yeah, you had good grip strength, you know, build your upper body strength. (laughs) And that was our first lip smack. Uh, I'm I'm sorry, guys, I'm working on lip smack. Bug eaters making you hungry. Anyway, they did away with that. Corn huskers adapted and now, now, now a this, football team. Now this a real football team. C League football team is back for the future. They've gone back to this bug eaters. As so what's their, their logo? What's it? Is it it's a, a tractor. It's a, I'll put you. Uh, I'll also give you a link to the uh, okay. Journal Star's article about the uh, inaugural season and the creation of the team. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, bug eaters inaugural roster. Features. They have many uh, college players from the Nebraska and, mm-hmm. uh, area playing on this team. Can you be on this team? I Did you have to try out try. for it? Could you? Um, yes. I could. I don't know if I could. Well, I probably could try out, but there's absolutely no way I could play with these guys. I mean, they are fit. And it turns out in doing and my 20. deep dive on this, um, the team is made up of many players from Hastings College. Hastings College in Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, they compete in the NAIA, and they were the 2016 NAIA men's soccer national champion. And their coach there has a record of, uh, I think he's 173 wins and 43 losses over like nine seasons. A very successful program. So you're saying you have a chance? Uh, <laughs> One in a million. If they run out of people that can stand on two feet, I think I have a okay. chance. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That was a good fit, Matt. That was fun, right? Yeah. Yeah. Bug eaters. Who knew the Nebraskans were called the bug eaters? You did. I did not. Yeah. I mean, that you kind of talked me into it, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, you talked me through it. Through it. We worked through it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, that's what I got for today. Okay. Uh, anything else? Any upcoming events? On the horizon, June 23rd, yep, Pollinator Fest at Ryman Gardens. Other than that, just keeping our head down, doing the work. Mm-hmm. And if you want to find out more, you can find out more about what we're doing at Soybean Entomology. You've been tweeting at Aaron W. Hodgson. Yep. You got the latest black fly tweet there. Mm-hmm. Please email us at O'Neill, O-N-E-A-L, at ISD.edu, or E-W-H at ISD.edu. You can subscribe by iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Pocket Cast. Wherever you find your podcasts. And that's it. That's one for the books. Okay. Episode four. Good Done. one, Bug Eater. See you next time.